Welcome to Alphabet Flight Encyclopedic Marvel Journey, where I go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe with a guest, and we talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is Jesse Cooper, and with me today is the sonorous Rob London. Hello. So, um, it's been a while since I had you on. It has. Um, that was back in the Haze, is that uh, correct? Sorry, that was the beginning of this book. No, no, no. That was last volume, so it's been a little bit. Okay, yeah, I remember I did Corifos. Oh, oh, yeah, that's the one you remember, not Kazar. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you did the one of the more boring Eternals out of all the Eternals I talked about. Which, like, who... Uh, never mind. I'm not going to get into Sorry, I already did an episode on Phantos. Fastos, <laughs> I mean. Fastos. Which is like... He's like the, um, the, the guy who makes stuff. Yeah, um, I covered this a lot on that episode, but... Uh, it's also, it's your uh, the other Rob that I have on. Ah. I think most of that went down for me just deconstructing what, like, out of, like, the 200 words... Not 200 words, like... Maybe like 150 words or so out of that, where it's just talking in very vague terms of his motivations and question mark, quotation mark, scare quotes. <laughs> like, I have a, like, I had three sentences in a row, uh, where it ends, uh, where it ends with, um, vague terms that, where it may or may not be revealed. <laughs> <laughs> so. Fascinating, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but I want to just cover a couple things real quick because first off, you have the honors of being the first uh, person I recorded with in my new apartment. Ooh! So, which also update: I'm not on a main street anymore. I'm not gonna have random motorcycles just <laughs> ruin my day in recordings. Very nice. And yeah, and also, um, just because just on. Out of like a freak, freak of time and space somehow. Uh, I th- the first time you were, uh, the, I mean, the when you the last time you were on, we talked about the Venom trailer that just came out. That's correct. Which that was the first one, and we are months later, and the third one came out. Yes, another one came out in the interim during uh, SDCC. Yes, and well, I th- and uh, let's just say it still looks like it's gonna be generic at best. Venom cannot carry a movie. He's a Spider-Man villain. You put him in the movie, you fight Spider-Man. I feel like the only way Venom can carry a movie is if you're doing an Agent Venom movie, and you can only do that with the history of Spider-Man behind it. Yeah. And I think I think I uh, said we say was said this like when I was watching it right before we recorded, but uh, a movie came out fairly recently called Upgrade with a person who I thought was Tom Hardy but wasn't. It was uh, um, Spider-Man: Homecoming's Logan Marshall Green? He's that guy who plays the first Shocker who gets vaporized by Michael Keaton. But uh, it has almost the same exact scene in the trailer as the other trailer Upgrade trailer had. Yes, where. Uh, someone, a bunch of people are trying to kill him, and then something inside him is making him fight better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yep, it's going to be generic at best. I wanted to prove me wrong, but I really don't trust Sony to make a good Spider-Man-based anything. Uh, no, they really need uh, Marvel watching uh, watching over their shoulders. 
So yeah, so good luck on having a Spider-Man-less uh, Venom-based movie, I guess. Unless he's going to pop up somehow. Possibly. It doesn't seem like it'll have the right kind of tone. I don't think it will. But uh, speaking of Spider-Man stuff, uh, you mm. are one of the people who are a little bit more knowledgeable about the uh, 80s, 80s uh, and 70s Spider-Man, which I am not. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty well-versed in most eras of Spider-Man, um, and certainly that includes the 70s and 80s, although I was not alive for most of them. And I decided to get you, get you, get you on for some of those because you know we always end up talking about Spider Man in some form or fashion. It's true. I can't help myself. Yeah, well, I mean, no, Spider Man is Spider Man is great and fun. And of course, looks like they're doing another Spider Verse thing with a uh, Spider Geddon. Spider Geddon. And I'm just like, cool. Just show me tons of really great Spider Man costumes. I'm okay with that always. Pretty much. <laughs> but I decided we we're going to talk about because you may be surprised because he's going to pounce on you with how of something i don't know i try to do a pun based off of their names almost every time and Mm -hmm. i always fail but uh puma we're talking to talk about puma i believe you mean puma 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 man he flies like a moron and i just realized because i didn't really look over too much of his stuff he is, I think, the third Native American character we talked about. No, fourth. Okay, so let's see. You would have done Red Wolf. N- not yet. Oh, no, you wouldn't have done Red Wolf yet. Um, no. American so, Eagle? Of course. Way back at the beginning. Yeah. Hmm. You wouldn't have done Wyatt Wingfoot yet. That's good. That's coming up later. Um, who? Oh, um, Shaman and Talisman? Not yet. I don't even either of those yet. Huh. No. I'm, uh... So... I'm stumped. <sighs> I'm forgetting. I know we talked about another Native American character, but the third one was Mirage, I think. Oh, Mirage. Right, right. I forgot she would be who, under... Who was the other person that we talked about? Forge! Why did I forget about oh, yeah, Forge? And I guess... Yeah. And I guess uh, Warpath would be in the Book of the Dead. Or sorry, yeah. Thunderbird would be in the Book of the Dead, and you wouldn't have gotten to Warpath yet. Okay, so yes, yeah. So, yeah, so I don't know why I forgot about Forge. He's almost the most famous Native American character in in Marvel. Yes. Uh, but yeah, so he's a Native American character who I did not know that was Native American until I looked at the Yeah, the, the Puma. So, so, so who is Puma from what you remember? Okay, so he is Thomas Fireheart, which is actually a cooler name than uh, than the Puma. So he could have went by Fireheart. Could have gone, but I mean, he is like a cat guy, a were cat. Yes, and he wasn't like bitten by a cursed puma or anything. He's he was like created via generations of selective breeding to be a guy who turns into a puma, a puma man, if you prefer. Yes, and uh, he is like these. Like his uh, his tribe is, uh, I believe, the Kiwazi tribe. Um, like he's gotten them into sort of big business, and he's the CEO. And then he also sort of indulges his uh, pumaing by acting as a high priced contract killer. And he first encountered Spider Man when he was hired to kill him. And he was one of the few guys before it was cool. To know that Peter Parker is Spider-Man, because they both smelled the same, because he has the senses of a puma. 
Hmm. Yeah, so you pretty much you pretty much got it. Just because you know about him. I know my Puma. So let's just go over some of his stuff real quick. Then. Um so yeah, his name is Thomas Fireheart. Um he is known as the C- CEO of Fireheart Enterprises, and he's secretly a mercenary. Uh-huh. Do you think he forgot that Peter Parker was Spider-Man after Brand New Day? I think everybody did, yes. Eve- but if he were to, you can now figure it out. So if he like smelled Peter Parker and Spider-Man, he would be able to figure out that they were the same guy again. Was the uh, making people forget about his mm-hmm. thing, forget about who he was yes spider-man anyway was that just a one-time thing or does that recur you see because it, i it was a one-time thing but uh for for a while like if he pulled up if you pulled off his mask and he didn't want you to see his face you just saw like a blank he looked like the question under there hmm okay but you could uh eventually during spider island he kind of broke the enchantment and so now you can figure out that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Okay, okay. Because I was wondering where where uh, where the deal like ended. Well, it was not know? it was not actually part of the Devil Deal. It was a thing that it was like a techno magic thing that was a collaboration between, I believe, Iron Man, Doctor Strange, and your favorite Reed Richards. I really dislike brand new day i liked i didn't like one more day i like brand new day but one more day i should say sorry yeah. one more day i was getting the th- one i don't like that that they did whatever i don't love Never it mind. but they're back together now so yeah he's a he's a citizen of the united states um and his place of birth was a uh american indian reservation near hearts Hartsdale, new mexico yeah, this guy's all about the heart yep uh and he's an occasional employee of the Rose, who we will be talking about later. Yes, and that is the first Rose, who turned out to be Richard Fisk, the son of the Kingpin. Yeah, of course. Of well, course. there have been several subsequent Roses. Yeah, there's a lot of Spider-Man stuff I just, like, just never read and never absorbed. Yeah. Although, like, Spider-Man's one of those things where, like, uh, during the... 80s mostly where mm. he he had the uh the deal where he had like way too many titles that all intertwined and that was more of a 90s it. thing i mean in the eight well i guess in the 80s he had um i think only three books at a time which was still like a lot but by the 90s he had four monthly books uh he had a the quarterly spider-man unlimited plus miniseries and guest appearances yeah, and he had a, there's a lot of stuff that's fleshed out in those pages because I don't really feel like reading four simultaneous uh, titles. Well, that way you have one every every week other. of the month. Yeah, you know you and st- you used to start with Web of Spider Man first week, second week was amazing, uh, third week was adjectiveless, and then on the last week you finished it out with uh, spectacular. Yep. So. Yep, that was that was the age to be in if you loved a lot of Spider-Man. It was indeed. So he first showed up um, in Amazing Spider-Man. One, sorry, not one. Two fifty-six. Yes, that in uh, in September nineteen eighty-four, introducing Puma. 
Now, I, I can tell you a little bit about the secret behind the scenes origin of. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. So. Uh, so that was when Tom DeFalco was writing the book, and uh, Ron Friends was drawing it. And uh, you know they they sort of you know they, they sort of wanted to introduce some new Spider-Man villains, and they figured that uh, you know a lot of Spider-Man villains are animal based. So they bought a set of those. Uh, remember those like from the eighties? Those zoo cards. Yeah, they had yeah. like those little cards. Like they were they were like about the size of a recipe card or so, and you know they had all sorts of animal facts on them. And so they bought a set of those, and they came up with a bunch of animal villains based on them, including uh, the the the, uh, the puma here, uh, silver sable, uh, the black fox, and the mongoose. No, never mind. I forget that there's two um, two characters that had something to do with mongoose, mongoos in the. Oh yes, there's uh, the, there's the wizard, but uh, yeah, the mongoose who well he was meant meant to be a Spider-Man villain, but then DeFalco and friends moved to Thor, so he became a Thor villain. Uh, his deal is that he was one of the high evolutionary's new men, so he was a mongoose who got turned into a mongoose dude. Hmm. I, I I have things to say about the high evolutionary, but whatever. I mean, that's not how evolution works. Well, first off, no, it has nothing. No, like for real, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. So, um, yeah, he's interestingly dressed. I want to say, like, because he has like fur. Yes, on his arms. But that, on his arms. But that's like but a, it, that's like his own fur, I think. Yeah, but he also has like a. Like a turtleneck thing? Yeah, I think he's just like wearing, fabric. like, it's like a turtleneck that is, that just covers, like, about a, the middle part of his torso. And it, it, like, it would even cover up his nips. No, although, I mean, he's he's a puma, so he might have, like, a whole row of those. Maybe they're, that's where they are. They're just, like, in a row in that V pattern. That's why he has to wear it like that. Maybe. maybe. I don't know. And then he's wearing some pants. Like, it looks like almost like he's, like... He looks like he would be a really good like dancer in like a club. Oh sure, or possibly a pro wrestler because he's kind of got the uh, the championship belt. Yeah, and then he has like the like you know um, feathers kind of popping out. Yeah, random places. He's a native. He's character. Native American. He's got the got the necklace made of teeth. Possibly yeah. claws. Maybe uh, something. Yeah. yeah. So let's actually get into his history because we we've been walking around talking about him. Yeah. It's- so throughout its its history, the Na- American Indian tribe, which Puma belonged to, maintained um, legends foretelling the coming of a, a p- being of infinite power who would pose a tremendous threat against the whole world. So generations ago, a secret program which combined mythicism with controlled produced one perfect warrior who would act as their protector. And it's the most recent person is is Puma. So, um, he had a, a long, rigorous training to protect his in uh, to perfect his enhanced abilities and animal senses. Um, while he did not believe the legend of the ultimate threat, he did take his job as the tribal guardian seriously. So much that he con- committed himself to the task. And during this time, he became also became a uh, the CEO of Fireheart Enterprises, and built it into a multinational corporation involved in the uh, in wide variety of things. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what it is they do. 
probably just generic multinational corporation. Yeah, it's uh, you know business, business, business numbers, etc. You know, synergy, yep. um, spreadsheets, TPS spreadsheets. reports. My so the one thing I want to bring up just almost immediately. Uh huh. If he's doing okay, so he's doing side stuff mm. already. Besides being a CEO. Like, how good of a CEO is he? Because that's like a full-time job. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's like a hobby. You know, some guys golf, some guys go hunting. He uh, hunts people after turning into a cat man. I guess, I guess. I guess this is his thing. Um, yeah, so he... So he trained under uh, the... Trained under a sensei known as Master Moramoto. Uh, yes. And he proved to be the most talented student. But his duty to the tribe, along with his corporate responsibilities, drew him back to New Mexico. Um, then he became like kind of bored with his position in the business community. Faced a few worthy challenges as Puma. Uh, and then he decided to... Amuse himself by becoming a mercenary, because uh, that's how that's how that works. You're rich, you're strong, and you're just like, hey, how about I just like merc some people? <laughs> <laughs> That'll be fun. <laughs> Whenever uh, the Rose noticed his talents, he was uh, he wanted to give Puma his most challenging contract to date. To get rid of Spider-Man. So he traveled to New York, tracked down Spider-Man, and attacked him. And uh he Spider-Man narrowly escaped. Uh, a second battle. Wait, sorry, no, he narrowly escaped when he was saved by the Black Cat. A second battle took uh placed a bunch of uh, innocent bystanders in danger. And while trying to save save them, Spider-Man was injured. Uh, displeased with his own actions uh, that nearly in in injured innocents and impressed by Spider-Man's hero uh, heroics, uh, Puma departed. Uh, and then he withdrew the contract, uh, the Rose. So it only took him almost hurting people that weren't people he was trying to kill to make him be like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. I mean... Most decent people who, like, fight Spider-Man for whatever reason figure out, catch on pretty quickly that he's an okay guy. I, I mean, he does exude that for the most part. Like, I, I could definitely, I can definitely see that. Mm -hmm. It happened, it, it's it's almost like a, just a recurring, it's almost like a recurring, like, thing with Spider-Man. It's just like, hey, this guy isn't completely bad, he's now my friend and a hero. Basically. And it just, it happens a lot. I feel especially in like this time when they're trying to introduce a bunch of characters. Oh, sure. I mean, that, uh, and that's basically what happened with, uh, and the Black Cat, uh, the Prowler, the Rocket Racer, the Will of the Wisp, the Punisher. And, uh, not to spoil anything, but we may be talking about one of the people who you just named. Ooh, finger, fingers crossed for Rocket Racer, because I don't know how the alphabet works. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what we're talking about. We're skipping multiple letters. <laughs> so I can talk about that guy and his rocket skateboard. I kind of want to talk about Red Nine. Ooh, 
I, I right. actually wrote his uh, handbook profile. Oh, well, we might get into that a little bit later then, because I know he doesn't show up in the handbook. So no, no, I, this is like the modern handbooks. He got a profile because well, no, 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 he doesn't show up in the handbooks I have. Yeah, so because I guess he wasn't deemed important enough. <laughs> well, he's in one issue, which was the only issue he appeared in for thirty years. Oh, but then how did Frogman show up then? Frogman barely- made multiple appearances. Okay, like, I don't understand how they include people in this, because sometimes this is like, yeah, he's, this person's been in less than 15 issues in their whole lifespan, and they're only in the 80s, and then other people who are, like, super important just, at least later on, or just never, don't show up at all. And I understand how time works to some extent, but, like... I mean, it's a bunch of, you know... You know, some uh, some educated guesses, some dart throwing, some probable, you know, favorite playing by the late, great Mark Grunewald. I am, I am just still upset that Manbull didn't get his own entry. It's, it's hard out there for a Daredevil villain. Yeah, I mean, Stiltman does get his own entry. So, Stiltman's in know. there, I think the owl is in there. Yes, and that is a previous episode we've done. I, I think they skipped over the plunderer, though. They did. They skipped over so many, like, because, like, there's a lot of people in here. Because most of the time, like, you know, if they're dead, they'll say, like, hey, look at the Book of the Dead. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm And I'm glad that they did that for Turner D. Century, because they need to, you know, make that a... Uh, yeah, but l- listen, they needed that space for, like, 15 different Eternals and uh, Glamour and Illusion. Yeah, they could have done Glamour and Illusion as one page. I mean, I think they, I think they did Cloak and Dagger together. No, they they actually they actually oh, they separated did, them out. Huh? Yeah, they did. Um, but uh, sorry, we are just talking around. Yeah, anyway, the puma. Yeah, the puma. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so yeah, then some months later, he was contacted by his uh, uncle, the the shaman of their tribe, mm-hmm. and he announced he the shaman announced that the threat which Puma spent his life training uh, to fight had arrived to Earth. Um, and it was the Beyonder surprise. Oh man! Guess what? Guess, guess what happened? What previous ha- to this? What happens is that Secret Wars Two continues in this issue. Yeah. And by the way, this is like uh, the issue that he showed up in was like one of the. It was one of the early ones, or after he got the black suit, because he's in the black suit. Yes, for a while that was that before was it became Venom. Sort of right in the start of the Defalco era, and this was like maybe two. Hmm. Yeah, that was like, I think 252 it first showed up, and then obviously the Puma showed up a couple issues later. Yeah, so, yeah, so Black Suit Spider-Man, one of the early really good palette swaps. Yes. They did. And then they just continued that for ad infinitum to make just some of the most glorious suits in Marvel. <laughs> I still think, I, I'm still deciding if I like the, the FF suit or um, the... But the FF, it was when Hickman was writing. Oh, right, it. when he had the uh, the white F- FF costume. Yeah. yeah, I think the white FF costume is one of the best costumes. I like that one. It is neat. And I think that the uh, Spidey Ock won um, the first one before he did the like black and red. Oh, yeah. Whenever he did like the like the, the, the goggles, had the goggles built yes. in. Yes. Stuff like I really like that one as well, and I quite like the one that uh, he's got now the uh, the superior octopus costume. 
Oh, I really like that costume yes. as well. Oh, man, I, I love Doc Ock. He's, he's, a, he's a good villain. Uh, yeah. My, I th- I, my argument is that he would be the best uh, Spider-Man villain. It's debatable, but... It is, it is debatable. It is debatable. My vote uh, is for Dr. Octopus. See, I think you're, I think you're overlooking Spider-Side, uh, who is obviously the best. I mean, I'm not going to say I don't like Spider-Side, but... Anyway, you know who's not the best uh, Spider-Man villain? The, p- the Puma. Puma. Who we keep on... I'm sorry. Like, it turns out when I talk about Spider-Man, I'm not 100% interested in the character. I talk about other things. I mean, listen, I just have a lot less respect for, for Pumas now, knowing that, you know, if I ever run into one, I could just push them the hell over. I'm just going to keep making Puma Man jokes. So, yeah, so the Beyonder showed up, and Puma's just like, yo, I'm going to get you. And, uh... Spider and him and Spider Bay had decided to, you know, fight Beyonder. There's not much to him. Yeah, no, those <laughs> those Secret Wars two issues. I have read them and they are dreadful. Like, I'm reading what's going on, I'm just like, okay, cool. Some it just a lot of saying that he's preparing to fight the Beyonder. Yeah. But the uh I mean the upshot of it is that uh af- in the aftermath of it, like Spider Man saved the Puma's life. And Puma sort of felt that he owed him like a debt. And and this happened after this book was published. So this isn't included in here. But uh, what he did was he decided to help Spider-Man's public image by buying the Daily Bugle from J. Jonah Jameson and running nothing but positive Spider-Man coverage. Spider-Man's a good guy. Don't get me wrong. Yes. But buying a newspaper just to make – just to put – uh, stories about your friend who's super cool. Well, I mean, the thing is, he's not like the Puma, the Puma doesn't even really like Spider Man, but he just owes him, so he had to, you know. Well, like no, that e- that's even weirder. <laughs> like, because because like where I'm coming from is it's like, yo, my friend's like super cool. Like everyone should know how cool he is. Like that's that's like you know if you're rich and you buy a newspaper just to put that. I'm not super into it. But if you're doing that for a person you barely like because, like, he happened to help you once, that's even weirder. I mean, it is a weird thing, but it's also weird to be a guy who turns into a cat. Yes. I, I, uh, yes. I, so, sometimes I misplace my uh, disbelief. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when I'm talking about a person who was... Who was basically selectively bred into being a were cat? Yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let's let's get let's talk about his stuff because mm-hmm. I'm actually kind of bored with him okay. already. <laughs> so he is six two, weighs two forty, has green eyes, and he has red hair when he's a puma, and black hair when he's not a puma. So uh, he possesses superhuman strength. So and so he can lift about twelve tons under optimal conditions. So pretty much he isn't Spider-Man like 10 tons. It's I mean, he's a little stronger than Spider-Man. He's he def, he's definitely generally drawn to be like beefier than Spider-Man. Yeah, but I imagine Spider-Man just as like one of those like really strong but lean people. Yeah, and I mean but Spider-Man and he's always one of those you know, he can lift X amount officially, but when he's you know, really determined, he's got he can lift more. 
it's kind of like how like Captain America can somehow pull some like real BS like super strength stuff out of nowhere. Even though like half the Marvel universe is just as strong as him. Uh huh. Okay, wait. I have. I have. Well, fortunately, I have Spider Man. Oh. Yeah, it's ten tons. Okay. I got it right on the spot. So he's a class. Oh, I can never remember that too. I've had to write profiles with that in it. I can never remember it. Like I know, I remember like because I do know that uh, class one hundred is just like hundred tons plus. Yes, basically. I think so, ten might just be like class ten. Oh yeah, it's probably just class ten because I think it's up to a certain. I think it's just like per ton tonnage, maybe. I think so. I I know it's not quite that, but it's close enough for government work. Close enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So his superhuman abilities is. A combination of genetic engineering and mysticism, aka comic BS. Yep. <laughs> uh, I guess he—he's just—he could turn himself into a bigger dude who's basically a furry. Yep. This guy has been to Anthrocon. Exactly. Um, like he—he uh, he has a fine tan fur. And he wears like this. I kid. I do not understand his outfit. Like, well, at least in the at least in the the main picture in in the uh, panels that I'm seeing on the other page. Other page, he's wearing kind of like a tank top, like tank top thing, mm-hmm. which makes more sense. They do that a lot with certain characters. I don't know why. Like, I guess it's just like they get their latest design. But, like, then they show, like, nothing but, like, a better design on, like, the other page. <laughs> like, they did it with Mockingbird. Like, Mockingbird, like, because she has a really rad outfit for the most part, you know, mm-hmm. like, kind of like the, you know, she had, like, the flarely, uh... It's got the big sleeves. Blue, got the big sleeves, and she had, like, the pirate boots and, like, the really cool, like, baby blue pants and with the stripe down them and everything. Mm-hmm. But then her profile thing is just, like, it, she's wearing a leotard with those... Right. With those flowy sleeves. Just like, why don't you just put the better design as the maid? <laughs> like, why don't you? <laughs> Makes more sense, but but whatever. Um, also, because he can turn into a cat man, he has claws. So, just imagine just a real buff dude who has the normal superhuman stuff and claws. Yep. Um, oh, I like this. I like this. So instead, normally they have like a paraphernalia or weapons on there. If they do, but uh, they do have weapons and resources instead here. And it's like he does not carry weapons of any kind, but he's able to turn ordinary objects into deadly projectiles by throwing them with with force and accuracy. Like he's the only person with super strength who decides to pick up a car and throw it accurately at someone. <laughs> I also like how his other, like, weapons and resources are that he's very rich. Like, you don't need to add that. No. <laughs> At all. Like, I think they needed to just fill out the page. Because, <laughs> like, literally, because he has the power of half the, of, like, half the Marvel Universe. He's super strong, and he has money. I mean, I have that power if you're standing close enough and I have a brick. But whatever. I just like how they had just had to add like a hundred words to just say he's rich and he could throw things. Yeah. So and, uh, yeah, I think we're done. Uh, yeah, that pretty much sums up the Puma. So uh, yeah, he was. Um, yep, he just seems like a 
didn't seem like he needed to be Native American. I mean, I guess, you know, it, uh... Representation also includes boring characters. It's true. So, like, having a boring character who also happens to be diverse out of the... It's it's just... It's it's good. Because you could prove that not every one of your, like, diverse characters that needs to be, like, mystical or weird or, you know, a standout character. It's just like a... Here's a boring character. He could be bore as just as boring as a white character. It's true. So that's something. Oh, as I said on the Fastos episode, black people in comics can also be boring. <laughs> <laughs> so it's you know it proves something because I think American Eagle, Forge, and Mirage are really more like really good characters. I guess they needed at least one boring character who's Native American. Well, I guess uh, you'll you'll decide how you feel about Red Wolf in uh, in a few uh, entries. I will, and that will be during my Red Week. Ooh. So, hmm, that might be after a certain number. That's three hundred. Okay, so I am on uh, Stasis Pod, the Transformers Prime podcast. We're going episode by episode through uh, the CG animated uh, Transformers Prime show. It's uh. You know, we're just uh, sort of in the midst of the first season, so you can hop on pretty easily, figure out what we're talking about. And uh, I also write for uh, for Marvel. Our uh, I I do handbook entries, much like these. Our most recent work is the guide to the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, and you can find pretty much every uh, book of that on the uh, Marvel Unlimited app right now. So check it out. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, my name is Jesse. I have a podcast called Creepy Critters. Uh, that's where I talk about cryptids. Um, I think the last... Well, actually, no, I have no idea what the episode's going to be out um, when this comes out, so... Something. Uh, I, I If you'd like to see my little cryptid, my cat with four thumbs, you can go to at Mooch on Instagram, and you can look at pictures of him being cute. Uh, also, I, if you'd like to see the pictures of the people we're talking about, you can go to Hod- the HodgePod group on Facebook or, um, go on at Alphabet Flight on Twitter. Uh, and besides that, um, this has been Alphabet Flight and may Madcap show you how truly meaningless life is. Bye. Good night. Good night.